What's up, team? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, a spot to get your mind right. Can't just train the body. Can't just train your craft. You got to train your mind. Mind right, game tight. And today we have a special guest, my good friend, George Whitfield Jr. He's a quarterback engineer, the mayor of Dime City. Mm -hmm. To oh. me, I think I think the OG of like training quarterback, like changing the whole landscape, um, you know, he was on game day for a while. He trained people like Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and I just think you're one of the best storytellers I've ever seen in my life. I mean, just the history, the mm. context, the Man, delivery, I, the heart. I appreciate that. So we got to meet a year or two ago in a, a small men's group, and we've stayed connected. We send DMs, text messages. I just love – I think you see the world differently like I kind of do, and we kind of dig deeper a little bit, which I love, George. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to mm -hmm. say you're a dear friend and super pumped to have you on, on the show. Man, first, it's an honor. Um I I am uber aware of energy and uh, people who are trying to like take off or if they're up there, they're trying to elevate up there further. So that was an easy that was like an easy recognition. I call it more of a recognition uh, up there in Seattle. And then that was followed up by, yes, a, a year or two's worth of connection. But then then Tanner, you're uh, well. Your Wonderkin uh, producer, it's like, I'm like, man, is this is he at the same kitchen table every day growing up? You were. It's like almost like you guys were. So, uh, to get a chance to come on and roll with you guys on mindset, a, a podcast on mindset, it's an honor. I love that. Well, let's talk about aside from that, that T Money is a straight beast with his suave, dope haircut. How fresh is no T Money kidding. today? Fresh, fresh, That's man, fresh to death. Ladies, look out. Look at hey, T-Money, he's coming out hot. And when I zoomed, I said, man, you got the haircut. First reaction he said was, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> just wake it up is, with that drip. Don't hate, mm -hmm. don't hate the play. So, but I said, don't hate the play, hate the game. We talking about that. So pre-show listener, we started talking about haters. And George says, hold up. I got something I want to say about this. So, And I said, I want haters because it means I'm doing something. Don't hate me because mm -hmm. you ain't me. I got love for everyone. I don't need your approval. Let's go. Actually, I kind of mm -hmm. do. That's the work I'm doing in, in counseling. But <laughs> George, tell me about haters, man. So I, I've I've gone back and forth and back and forth. And my framework on haters, like all of us, it probably comes from the playground when you're little and you're trying to do something. And then as you evolve, then it becomes about your ideas. So maybe not so much about the physical Right. When you're younger, it's got to be the tangible things that people are going to hate on what you do or what you wear or whatever else. As you get older, especially up here in these ranks, it now comes into your efforts or your ideas. And for a long time, for me, working with quarterbacks and the ratings and the rankings and the evaluations and things of those sorts. Yeah, a lot of them come back negative. And I never forget, and you guys remember that writer who who a lot of these guys work hard to knock a guy off because you're gonna gain some notoriety. If the choir is on this side of the street, I'll go on the opposite side of the street with a bullhorn. It's hard to be recognized in a choir. Everyone's singing about how good this guy is. If I'm in that choir, I can't really stand out. I'll go across the street and then shout, try to shout him down. So I experienced that with Cam. Jameis, uh, there's a couple ESPN guys, um, uh, the running back, uh, 
from the Steelers. He, he was like all in on trying to knock Jameis off. Shouldn't even be a first round. So I gave in to that and I'd respond back to that and all that type of stuff. And then I got to a point where I thought, like, really? So what? Like, so what? If you're really fueled by that, what happens when you overcome and overcome and overcome? Then what? What happens when you're Nick Saban or Serena Williams or Tom Brady or honestly like LeBron and people feel a thousand different ways about LeBron. But once you get to their levels, there, there isn't anybody else doubting Tom Brady up in the crowd. Now it's like, well, he won't play until he's 50. Oh, well, we can have that talk. Right now, Serena's like, well, she won't get her 50th major. We can have that talk. Nobody's got 30. I'm already there. Like, Saban can't put his feet on the ground in the morning and be like, I wonder what they have to say today. Like, because once you have so many heads on the wall, once your sword has been in so many battles and it's come out with you in so many battles, there isn't any more, there isn't, there, there can't be too much self-doubt left. And there can, your, your tank can't be externally fueled is basically what I'm saying. Once you've done it so much. So, Colin, you said I think outside the box. I, I, I admit it. I am kind of like a nerd. And I have a six-year-old daughter, and she and I watch everything from Bluey to the Animal Planet. And this week was Big Cat Week. And they're showing this tiger going down the jungle floor. And when big cats are seen, all the animals let each other know. There he is. 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 Look, 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 look. There he is. There he is. There he is. Just for community safety. And the tiger never looks up. And he never goes faster than like one mile an hour. He just rolls right on through. All these guys making all this noise and leaves and all these little fruits and things hitting the ground. And they're trying to get him out of there. And he just eases on through. And I'm like, dang. And my daughter, I look at her, I was like, what do you think? And she goes, she's six. She goes, none of those guys would want to jump on that floor with them. She goes, they can do that from up mm-hmm. in the trees. And I looked at her and, you know, you wanted a bear hugger. I'm like, but play it cool, play it cool, dad, play it cool. But she's right. Once you get to a point. The external fuel, like, where could it come from? Where is it going to come from? Now, I get it. If you're an upstart, if you're a contender, if you're trying to, like, all those young guys I ever saw growing up, hey, I got a disc, man. I got my mixtape, man. I got this. I got that. You guys know those guys. I get it. Man, they're hating, man. They tell me this and this and this. And you're going to need something to get your wheels going. You're going to need something. But to have an understanding, that's good fuel now. But at a certain point, you're going to have to switch to electronic. Get off that unleaded and you're going to have to switch to electric because it's going to be a different ball game. Then it's what's the next project. Then it's me versus me. Then it's how can I impact more so uh, in this very long way of saying your pilot light inside should drive you. Not the heat under your ass or the heat from Twitter driving you. This pilot light right here, in my humble opinion, this is what's going to take you. Elon Musk and uh, Rafa Nadal and all of They don't really give a shit about. Uh, sorry, they don't really care about. Um, oh, you're good. Yeah, what, what, you know, 
what Billy Gator UF 2600 has to say, you know, from somebody's basement. It's inter- I mean, it's internal. Just my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, I would say and ask this question, why do you play? Why do you sell? Why, why do you invent? Why do you lead? Why do you play the game? Do you play because some other, someone else's goals or dreams, or do you love it? Are you obsessed? Boba, be obsessed or be average. A young LeBron James was on camera, asked, 17 years old, LeBron, you're on cover of SI, ESPN Magazine. Your games are televised. Imagine if you're a high school. Imagine if your daughter was in high school and all her games were televised, bro. Couldn't imagine. Can you imagine what that pressure was like, that stress mm-hmm. was like? And then on camera, a reporter asked LeBron, LeBron, do you feel stress and pressure? How do you deal with the haters? How do you deal with everyone knows your name? How do you deal with, with the stress and the pressure? And this is when you kind of knew he was destined to raise, at least for me. He said, pressure? Stress? It's hard to feel that when you love what you do. I love basketball. People have right. known my name since I was 14. I do it because I love it, not because of what other people think or say. Mm. That's that's goat talk. You can argue. Hey, I think, hell, I, but it's a tell early. Two decades. Yeah, yeah, 20 years playing. So why do you play? Because of the noise or because you're obsessed with, with the game or, or, your, or your craft? But and all but, three of us, yeah. sorry to cut you, all three of us can name athletes. Either we know personally that we've seen coming through a path, that we've watched on TV, and they were like, where the haters at now? Where the haters Like All of them, rabbit ears. And so ultra-focused on who said what to me, and with a caveat. I look at the Jordan deal as a, as a caveat, because I can imagine if somebody's sitting and riding or listening, which should be everybody, and they're like, uh, yeah, but Jordan. And I don't think Jordan so much thought about haters. He thought about challenges, or he thought about uh, – you know, these personal affronts to him, like to me. Well, Jordan had self-awareness. He knew what he needed to do to get into the right frame of mind. He knew well, Correct. Okay, there you so, go. So, so he was just playing my games to get himself motivated to be in the right, to get the right edge. Right. Because at that I point, totally what if you're the what if you're the king of the jungle, the big cat, and you have a bounty of food already? You're, you're bored. The, the, right. the cat doesn't chase the string unless the string's moving. Correct. So what do you do when you're Jordan? You create a game within the game. Right. That's why he's the master, man. Okay, but let me just pivot on this question. Well, what if you're not Serena? What if you're not the GOAT, T-Brady? What if you're not LeBron Jordan? What if you're just kind of getting started out and you you want confidence, you want validation, you got haters, and you still don't – you haven't made a name for yourself yet? How do we, It's easy to say quiet the noise when you don't have a championship. So let's go right back to Jordan. I saw this interview, and I I found it on YouTube and then lost it and found it and lost it. He talked about – I think it was his second season in the NBA. He's coming down the court and he's by the visitor's bench. We'll call it the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's by the visitor's bench and everybody on that bench is yelling at the guy in front of him, back off, back off, sag off of him. Let him shoot, force him to shoot, let him shoot, let him shoot. And he said, uh, essentially, that noise, that solution to their teammate where they immediately invalidated his ability. Disrespect, yeah. The disrespect. And so the guy sags off like 10 feet. And you got moments, 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 moments. What are you going to do? So I don't even honestly know what he did do in that instance, but I know he said that offseason, and then they don't even know if they made the playoff. And I think it's – 
Yeah, they did make the playoffs against Bird. As soon as they finished with the Celtics, 500 shots a day. 500 shots a day. Elbow, elbow, free throw. They really weren't shooting threes back then. I will never be in that position again. So in what you're saying, Colin, there is some people in a room of 100 athletes, 50 of them would turn and focus on those guys on the bench. How dare they talk like that? How dare they disrespect me? And really, that the, that row on the bench could be the whole arena tweeting. Mm. Oh, man. Haters, haters. Okay, I see. I bet you won't come down. So you could do that. And to me, it'd be kind of empty. Yeah, you'd be fired up and you'll feel good. Or you could pivot like Jordan. Okay, you got me today. Or you feel like you got me today. Or it appears you have me today. But wait till I take this sword through the offseason and come back. Like, just wait till I go and come back, add a few more tools and come back and see you. That's, to me, is the difference. And you're right. He hadn't won anything then, but it was him versus him. I'll never be that dude again. It's the same with, like, in a, in a Tanner situation when Kobe Bryant missed four. He shot four air balls in the same game, in the same quarter. It was like an eight possessions, four air balls. You do that in a high school game. Can you imagine what the other student section is going to do to you? He's a rookie, Tanner. The the closest ball is like two feet from the rim. Four misses is one thing. Four air balls. And he says he can't, He came back. He flew back. And he went to like uh, Dana Point High School or Laguna Niguel High School or something. They, the team landed at 3 a.m. He goes in. Janitor lets him in. And he said, I shot all day. One, to get it out of my system. Two, to reaffirm. Yes, to get better. But just to get the taste out of my mouth, I shot all day. Next, the following year, he's an all-NBA player. Like, but you need that, though. Yeah. I, well, here's, well, here's my thought. You got you got noise from haters. You got four options. You ready for this, G-Dub? Yeah. Fear, frustration, fuel, or you can say fuck it. Which one do you, you think could, is the most effective? Well, well, I think three and four, depends upon your, your personality. So Jordan need the fuel, or someone like me, I just need to just quiet the noise. I don't need to even pay attention to it. Yep. I don't, I don't need to get that chip. So you can create that noise can create fear. What if I mean what if I can't make that shot? What if I am not a good shooter? What if they're right? Frustration, angry, just you're using your emotional state to mess you up. You're not in the present moment. You're not in control. You let them rattle you. How, how many people have you seen go and trash talk and rattle people? They get frustrated and their, their right. game is knocked off. Or they're afraid to take the shot. Or you can use it as fuel. Oh you, oh, you think that's the truth? Well, you watch me get better. It's about me, not about you. You just trigger right. me. Let's go. Right. Or if you're the big cat, the big cat says, fuck it. Right. I don't need. I don't listen to you peasants. I don't listen to sheep. I'm the king. I'm the queen. Right. I don't deal with you. Fuck it. I don't get worried about this. I got good. Talk shit about me. Good. Whatever. I'm good. You have right. so much self awareness. You know your values. You know who you are. You don't need that. The and I hate to lock us on basketball, but there's a Kobe <laughs> documentary called Muse. You guys have seen that? Yeah. Tanner, have you seen that? I don't think so, but that's what I'm watching tonight. I know that. It's not R-rated. You're allowed to watch it. <laughs> not R-rated. So, look, if you watch Muse, Kobe says exactly what Tanner said, number four. Exactly what Tanner says. There's that chapter in his life 
where he was dealing with a very serious court case in Denver. So, and then and attached to that is his family's, you know, his family's basically hanging by a thread because of that court case and all the ramifications will drive around that only to get to this. It was probably the greatest stretch of basketball in his life for the ability to compartmentalize. Insane. And he said, that's where Mamba mentality was created. And he said, you don't have anything to do with this. I'm driving this. You're just in the way. This is me. And he says exactly what you just said. So he's not just a hostile crowd. It'd be, it's, it was almost worse than Rocky fighting the Russian in Russia. Because Kobe was hated. Well, and this is this off the heels of three championships, basically. Off the heels of three championships. Your court case is in the road city. It's in Denver. And they're going to let you know. We hate you. You're a villain and a criminal. And we're going to beat you. And, 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 and. It was almost worse because he had this like crystal clear image of a, like a perfect human. Correct. He never, he never had any blemishes. And this is our opportunity to drag you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so Tanner, I think he had out of a 15 game stretch, 11 or 12 games over 50 points. And I'm not talking guys just forgetting where's Kobe at. He's got two on him at all times. Guys bumping him in midair, hitting 30, 30 foot shots, dropping. I'm talking where he could take, it's like you could switch heads. If you had two heads, you're like, all right, I need mm. to take this domestic hat off. Give me my battle head and put that on. That That's what he was doing. But, but it goes but, exactly yeah. what, Colin, mm. what Colin was saying on number four. You're not driving this. Yeah. Well, but you know what's I'm interesting is, is Kobe and Jordan said my safe place was the court. Court. Mm. Where other people say my pressure and fear and anxiety is when the game starts. I can practice when no one's watching. Isn't that interesting? And the, how would you t- the safe place? That- so think if I'm if I'm like the Beatles or if I'm MJ, like the dancer, singer, entertainer, if I'm uh, a great poet, or if I'm you know an actor, their safe place is the performance arena. Right. Mm. Which is vulnerable to a lot of other people. Other people, they're like, no, that's scary because what are people thinking? What if I make a say? You know, so that to me is where savagery begins and goat talk begins. So let's go to there. Let's yeah. go to that. But, but can we stop and pause? Can we can we just tell the people who you are really quick? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people know who you are. So so just give us before just give us one quick thing on in your words what you do and how you got there, and then we'll just go all in on this. Sure. I think uh, like we we pass. I mean, you know. So uh, I a Midwest kid, son a of Midwest. a football coach. Um played love the game the game loved me back i got a chance to run it out the way i wanted to uh ended with arena football i mean i chased that thing i always tell people it's you and your horse so if your dream is your horse like me and my horse we got to ride it out nobody took me off my horse nobody like stopped us we rode into the sunset i had a night uh, light uh, like uh, like a caveman like a coal miners deal on my head. We were riding into the night, my horse and I, and until we had no more road. But I was afforded that opportunity. Then I rolled into training quarterbacks, which was serendipitous. A family asked me 
to work with their fourth grade son. And I thought it was just for that. I had no grand plan. It's kind of like building the plane while you're going over the cliff. And years later, Colin's right. We, we had great guys, Andrew Luck, Johnny Manziel, Mariota, Josh Allen, look, we, Cam. Uh, and you get to know them and you get to pull from the experiences and the experiences from their parents, their fathers, their coaches, what this world is like. Um, then I'm a dad, which is like the, the I've really graduated. I have a six year old. She's uh, the cutest linebacker in the world. And um, so she's great. And, I, and I'm trying to apply what I've been teaching and and apostolatizing with parents and quarterbacks and hey be a dad don't worry about being a coach you be a dad protect your voice and I'm coaching myself in real time with with Kennedy um so that's like been really refreshing and then to, to speak power into her and to say little affirming things um she came home a, a year ago she go, she went to a Montessori school and she said uh, uh Kenny or James didn't like my painting. He said my painting was bad. And she sat and she pouted. I was like, oh, here's a moment. It's like a punt up in the air. What do you do with it now? It's going to come down. You got to do something, do something, do something. I was like, oh, yeah, let me see it. So she pulls it out. And I said, wow. She's like, yeah, but James, James told me it was bad. I was like, well, Kennedy, well, let's just let me ask you a question. Is he does he does he teach the art in your class? No, he's a student. Oh, um, when he's not in class, does he do art like all day long? No, no, no. He's just a student. I said, oh, oh well, good. She was like, what do you mean good? I said, yeah, he doesn't know anyway. It's not. That's no real big deal. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so you're all good. And she looked at me and she just starts grinning. I'm like, yeah, but he could say something. Now, if your art teacher says something mm -hmm. or if the teacher says, hey, James is going to lead us in the art stuff, maybe it makes a difference. But if he's not the art teacher, I guess you're all good. One week later, she comes home. She's grinning. And uh, I, she doesn't tell me why. I see the teacher the following day after she comes home grinning. She says, Kennedy really put her foot down today. Two kids kind of questioned what she was drawing. And she says, are you guys art teachers? And they said she said it the way I said it. Both kids got thrown off, and she said, and both of them were kind of shocked. And they're like, "Well, no." She's like, "Oh, well, then I guess it doesn't really matter what you guys think." And kept going. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" So that is my role. Let's go. In addition to that, we're working on uh, these leadership expeditions with the military, athletes, coaches, getting them around the world to go and train leaderships uh but i'm still in the quarterback community we still work with guys it's just not our driving force um as it has been we've learned so much i look at it like a young man's game i want to coach but i want to be coaching you know golf little kid tennis and get i want to get a little soccer team together uh you know as long as i have a voice with her so that's kind of uh how i've shifted but Four Maybe. Emmys, yeah. three number one picks. Four uh, Emmys? Yeah, as an analyst on college game day. Let's go. Years. So uh, I'm incredibly proud of, of what we had a chance to do. And then now we're on the Mindset Podcast with Colin and Tanner. 
Like, I mean, it's but, only yeah, I, I just wanted people to hear a little little flavor because we jump right in without getting any context. Like, wh- why should we listen to George and Colin talk? Because I feel like you and I, George, can talk for 30 hours straight and time walk. We just go in that vortex. Oh, yeah. We'll just go in that vortex. Yeah. Um, but I love you're teaching your daughter these principles, and uh, that's really cool. But we were on the topic of, like, loving the stage, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. your safe place, Kobe. And uh, we were on that on that wavelength. And, and I had a question oh, for you. Yeah. yeah. On that. So you get a call when we get off this podcast. It's Ben Simmons representation. And, you, and I think everybody knows who Ben Simmons is, like a wildly talented individual. But he's missing those things that we talked about with Kobe and Jordan and all the like, how they are, how they're fueled, how – I remember Kobe saying, if you see me get heading into a fight with the bear, pray for the bear. Right. And I looked at him like, oh, and he deadly means it. What would you say to Ben Simmons? His representation said, hey, Colin, we're going to drop him off with you for a week. No, an hour. We're going to give you an hour with him. One on one. He's going to walk in with a notebook. You know his history. Like, where do you start? An hour kind of crystallizes the time. Obviously, we all in that position would like to scale it out. But you have an hour. Where do you start? Yeah, I would first, based on the inside, do some homework. But it sounds like we don't need to ramp him down. We have to ramp him up with his fierceness, with his fieriness, with his just straight killer mentality, which he's, he's lacking, right? Sounds like when you would compare them, Kobe and – uh, Michael, MJ, you say are killers, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say Ben is a killer? Or is that like the gene he, he needs a little bit? Yeah. Oh, well, just a little context for both of you. He ended the season mm-hmm. under the basket. Instead of going up and dunking and getting fouled, he would pass. Because he he's timid. Timid. He's, he he's, he's playing and not making a mistake. Because he's Stop. a finisher. Free throws. So he's, he's playing. two, three pointers last yeah. year. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's he's playing and he's playing not to fail instead of playing to win. Out of fear, yeah. Okay, so so nature has given us two drivers: pleasure and, and also pain. Mm. So he's probably using one of those, but he's not. He's using the pain on the wrong side, the pain of thinking about being defined by the outcome or what could happen. What I would try to tap into is that primal. Um, earlier on, like what what pain have you felt? As a kid, what pain have you felt growing up? What pain do you feel now? You can use pain to consume you or, or pain to fuel you. What if you have no pain? What I don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We have to figure it out. There has to be something where we can turn that competitive edge on and, and trigger it where it's actually ownership for him, not anybody else. Ownership for him. And I think the number one thing I would like to do with him is just let him know you aren't defined by this sport, dog. Right. Well, you think how many points you score if you shoot threes or free throws defines your worth? Are you a person of faith? Like I would just get, get getting inside like his pers- perspective and perception is so clouded and he's holding on these old stories that aren't even true. Mm. And he's, he's replaying, he's reliving, and he's preliving. He's not in the present moment. Michael mm. Jordan Kobe are in the present moment. They ask Jordan in the timeout, what are you thinking about? Chewing gum. <laughs> so we're, we're Ben's thinking, I hope I don't get found. Hey, team coach Colin here. If you're an athlete, a coach, a performer of any type, 
You can't just train the body. You got to train the mind. Right now, you can go to my mental toughness training course and learn five mental skills that every top performer needs. Click the link in the show notes. Let's go do it. Go into that pre-living and we said pre-living and post-living. Pre-living and reliving. So it's hard to be creative. It's hard to be in the present moment. It's hard to create greatness. It's hard to be in a flow state when you're reliving your mistakes and you're pre-living what you don't want to screw up on. So how can you create a masterpiece if you're worrying about what are people going to judge this or what are they going to say? That's noise. But I think there's, a, there's something inside of everybody. There's some motivator in there that I don't know. I have to ask some questions and get in there where he has to snap out of it, man, and wake up. And so I would kind of do – but also I would, I would plug in and create elite self-awareness. When you were a savage competing at the highest level in the, in the zone flow, like what were you thinking? What was your routines like? What was your environment like? It's probably not the same right now. Mm. It's his self-talk, his daily habits, what he, he's thinking about. So we have to tap into when you're at your best, what are you doing? But we also have, we have, to, have, to, have to uncover and just letting go of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Just letting go. Like Jordan, he brags all the shots he's missed. It doesn't define him. And Jordan says, why do I even think about missing the next shot? It's not even in, right in front of me. It hasn't even happened yet. Why do I even think about it? Right. So I was a sh- young coach. Yeah. Uh, so I was a young coach, and I brought a bunch of quarterbacks down to Alabama. It was like Coach Saban's third year. I think it was like 2008, 2009 maybe. A bunch of high school quarterbacks, and we're all sitting in the Alabama team room. And he walks in, and he and I chat, and he goes, where do you want me to go with it? And I said, man, just give him some train tracks. I'll do what you do. His sole message to them at that moment, to your point, the play that we just ran or the quarter we just came out of has no bearing on us. The, the last game, the last season, it has no bearing. Win, lose, draw, it has no bearing. It is only this. He said, if we just went four straight possessions with touchdowns, it has no bearing. Two interceptions picked off, no bearing. I mean, run back, no bearing. He goes, right now is all that matters. Hmm. And when he talks about his teams winning championships, because I've now been fortunate to like, like keep up with him and be able to pick his brain or call him, he'll say, we're, never, we're not defending a national championship. That one in 2020, we, we won that already or whatever year. And it's we a different team. It's not, the same, it's not the same group. It's not the same group, but the whole notion that we have to play to keep it here. Well, no, we have a new pursuit. We have a whole new climb. That was that. We haven't earned anything this year. Some yeah. reputation, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And then Harbaugh, he came at it a whole different way. When he first got to Michigan, he introduced the idea of team number. Meaning, uh, let's just say they were team 135 at Michigan, just hypothetically. Michigan had 134 years of football. All of that history has built to here, and now we get a chance to hold it. We are team number 135. Mm-hmm. And it put it in like this stark uh, understanding. This group right here won't be replaced, duplicated, or anything else. And we got to do something to represent those 134 years before and what's coming after us, but it's just this group. And when you went into the Michigan bookstore, all their sports adopted it like six months later. 
Baseball team was team 82. Basketball team huh. was team. Yeah. Just, but, but, but you remember Bo was like, I want a Michigan man coaching a Michigan team. Like there's something about being a, a Michigan. 100%. Part of family. But let me just kind of, kind of jump in on just talking about Ben. Sure. Scared money doesn't make money. Right. Scared money doesn't make money. So I would show clips of, dude, Steph has had over 20 games. Clay has had 0 for 16 games. Doesn't stop him. He keeps shooting. So where he misses, so there's four levels of confidence. George, did I teach this to you guys at Breakaway? I believe it, but run it yeah. back through for the people and for me. There's four levels of confidence. Level one, which he's operating right now, is just fear and like no confidence. I, I'm, I, I can't. Don't shoot free throws. I'm going to miss them. Don't get fouled. Don't shoot threes. I'm going to miss. You already lost. It begins before it begins. The execution is already over. So why even try? Because you don't give yourself any chance. Level two is what is called shaky confidence. You need to see an outcome. I have to see the ball go in to be confident. I got to, hey, uh, I remember Pete Carroll or uh, whoever's OC was, early they do an early quick screen for the quarterback to get confidence, a quick quick uh, dump off to get confidence, to get that momentum. I got to see execution, then I'll believe. Or as a basketball player, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get a lane to see the ball go in, then I'll be confident. Or mm -hmm. I, I, need, I need to get a hit my first two at-bats to be confident for at-bat three and four. Mm -hmm. You need to see it before you believe it. That's, that's shaky. So your confidence is riding on an outcome. Can you imagine T. Brady 0 for 4? Was that going to change his next throw? No. No. Steph, 0 for 3. Is that going to change? Is he going to be timid not to shoot if he's 0 for, 0 for 5? No. Hell no. Shoot or shoot. Now, level three is what is called stable. This is where you don't need an outcome, but you need validation from others. You need someone to tell you you're good. So seven out of 10 people suffer from what is called imposter syndrome. I'm not worthy of this. I don't have the background, the, the, you know, you know, the, you know, history pedigree. Do you think uh, Serena or, or Phelps gives a shit what other people say about them, whether Zero. they need that validation no, it's like I believe in me, I trust me. So that so level four, so let so level one is you're done. Level two is you need an outcome. Level three is you need validation. Level four is you need none of those. You have that intrinsic motivation. You have you're obsessed with the game. You love what you you're, you're gonna evaluate your values, not just outcomes. You don't let the, the 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 coach or the teammates or your family or scouts dictate how you love yourself, how, how you see yourself. That's unshakable, man. Mm. And that's the ultimate spot where I think teams need to help their young quarterbacks. You can go around the league mm. and there are killers. And then sometimes there are guys that are just holding weapons. Mm. And then there's a, you know, there's a handful of Jedi's and we just lost one in Brady or the, or to the game anyway. Um, but a lot of them are just guys holding weapons. It does not make you a killer. Well, but are you watching the freaking Pro Bowl though? Are you watching college yeah, football bowl games that, that, where, that where, where 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 the top players don't even play anymore? Yeah, that hurt. The game has changed. Like so, it it's is, all about name, image, likeness. It's more. It's business like what's, it's all business. And as much as I agree with that, one thing I loved about um, watching Michael Jordan um, in that series during COVID is. He just wanted to compete. Yeah. He says, I have a competition problem. That's yeah. the same with Tom. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't have yeah. a gambling problem. 
So if we're playing France in a preseason no-need game, Jordan goes off for 48 where no one else wants to play. Right. Because he was playing his older brother. He had his ass kicked. He's like, I want to kick someone's ass. I don't care who you are. And so we are. So we have a competition problem, George Winfield. Yeah. That's what we have. It's now name, image, likeness, protect the brand. It's not, I want to compete. Right. The bar is the bar with guys like Jordan or Burrow. Like the bar is the bar. The -hmm. bar is the bar. We talk about another concept of quarterbacks. Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the difference, like what is what the hell is he talking? A thermometer responds to the conditions it's around. Literally, you're sick or someone else is sick, and then the thermometer simply reads or mm. takes in what the circumstances are, just tells the story. I embody what's happening around me. A thermostat is set. It's set. It sets itself up to a bar, and everybody around me is going to feel that, whether we're going up, whether we're going to cool down. Regardless, 50 people in here, it's going to be 65 degrees. Empty room, 65 degrees. It's 65 degrees. Somebody coming in and shouting and screaming, 65 degrees. A Mm. thermometer is going to read and flow. That's where the ebbs and flows and all the rest of this stuff. And you got to get your stuff to a thermostat situation. And when we've watched a lot of these quarterbacks or our favorite athletes or, hell, some of your favorite organizations, some of them, when they say, well, they they only kind of rise up to their competition or they play down to their competition, well, that's off leadership. Because a tribe in and of itself isn't some just inanimate object that's just going to just the wind takes it here, the wind. That's off of leadership, either leadership on the sideline or the press box or leadership down there amongst the combatants. That's that's what's happening there then. So if your best players look out and see an 0-5 team, and like this is going to be a walk, and all of a sudden they're in a fist fight in the 12th round with this team, that's on leadership. And those teams that mow down everybody, Davids, Goliaths, and the in-betweens, we only really come out and play one way. That's on leadership. Mm. Thermostat-wise, thermometer-wise. It's good. Like that, those aren't accidents. Those George, you know, what I would, you know what I'd love for you to ask your, your quarterbacks? What's that? As, as how they game plan their mind, game plan the huddle, game plan offseason workouts, game plan fourth quarter down by six with two and a half minutes left, zero timeouts. Did you ask them this question as the architect of who they are as a quarterback? You ask them this question, who are you? Who are you? Do you let the the news reporters say who you are? Your coaches say who you are? Twitter say who you are? Instagram comments say who you are? Scouts say who you are? Or do you decide? Mm-hmm. Who am I? And you would write out. So don't find yourself. Create yourself. Mm-hmm. So what are, my, what are my truths? What are my values? Who am I? So it's like looking at East Bay and, and picking what you want, right? So decide who you are. And just and, and write some key adjectives, some key words, some key values. We become what we think about most of the time. Right. So you don't let an outcome shape that. You don't let an opinion shape that. Now, we have to have an inner circle like you and, and mental coaches or, you know, 
to help help organize that, help reinforce or help challenge some of those things if you're acting out of who you are, right? Um, it was J- Jay Williams who says, I have a board of directors in my life for me. Yep, same. And I just look at those core and I don't fuck everybody else. Like I'm just listening to them. The man in the arena, which we're talking about the whole time. If you're in the arena, F you. If you're in the cheap seats, I don't need your opinion. <laughs> if you're not getting your ass kicked, I don't care what you have to say. Correct. But but decide, say, who are you? So if you're if you're winning or losing, it doesn't. It's not up and down. It's like stay stay in neutral, right? Right. But then to be credible with yourself, I would have the exercise. Well, let's write down the behaviors I've done, things I've overcame, and things I, I commit to do now. It's behaviors, not feelings. Right. Yeah. Because you're gonna feel nervous, unprepared, but screw that. Uh, your emotions uh, are not directives; they're just data. There was a. Uh... Does that make really sense? Good, so I want them to come up with your mental emotional game plan as much as your game plan on offense. Who sure. am I? So I have I have poise, like self-awareness. Russell, I run, I create. Brady, I'm in the pocket. You know, so so who are you? So Don't find your patron stuff. We've even talked about that with our quarterbacks. I just did this with an eighth grader a week or two ago. Even into the offseason, how do you get guys to come out and catch because you're motivated because you want to throw and work on your throwing, but receivers, some kids look at it as work. You know, if I come out and work out with you, my end of the workout is running, 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 right? Run. Like, okay. So I'm going over with our guys. Good. I'm a receiver. Call me where I'm really comfortable. I got a mean Call of Duty game going on. Mom got stuff in the kitchen going. And you want me to come out and do what? When? Hit me. Call me. Let me know something. And, and then he's a young guy. And he goes, uh, hey, what? Do you want to come out? No, I do. Do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who all is going to be there? I don't know. I really wish I could. Like, I give him a hard time. And I say, listen, if it means a lot to you, convey it. So it means a lot to them. Mm. And I learned that in the military. People are inherently lazy. So don't just run something casual past me because if it's a choice, oh no, I probably won't. But if you could convey to me, you our collective success in the future rides on us getting up and going doing a thing on our own. Okay. But, but I would say this: if I'm a leader, I'm trying to trim the fat. Kobe says, "If you're lazy, I don't want to know you." Yeah, I agreed with that. Okay, but, but are you Kobe, saying most people are inherently lazy that you have to pull them up? Out the, you know, you had the blue yeah, yeah. Get up. Well, that, that's what. Well, so, so uh, this is what uh, I would say. I, I would cast a vision. What are, what are your goals? I would start with them, not me. I would start. Hey, let's talk about what do you want to achieve? Like, what are your aspirations? What are you trying to get out of this? So and then I would remember, say, then I would say, do your behaviors match your goals? Match let's, let's, your goals. let's let's create a but game a, plan. A guy like Kobe, at, at at that point, he can choose who's pretty much in the locker room with him. He could choose who's in a business meeting with him. If you're an eighth grader. You don't get to cut dudes like you don't. I know, but what I would say is I I would rather roll with a less talented dude who's going to like sacrifice and serve and create a maximum elite culture Uh, than than some physical baller who's just a cancer or who's not ever showing up. But they may not even be a cancer so much as the accountability is on you. So the dude's going to show up. He'll be there when camp starts. And if you guys don't have that chemistry or if you don't really know when he's coming out of his breaks as a receiver, it's not on. I don't have the affordability to sit in front of a media 
or my own coaches were zero and three, and they're like, well, "What's going That's on?" That's a good point. Oh, yeah, when you're a junior high man, your your talent pool is pretty pretty slim. It, so, it's yeah. small, and yeah. it's on you. But, but George, George, can I say this though? You can I say this though? Peer yeah. pressure goes both ways. We have to do it collectively. Sure. So so peer pressure goes both ways. So we can make it cool to work out. We can make it uncool to not work out. Correct. And and this is a phrasing I just made up, but clear expectation of front limits ninety three point eight percent of of drama. Uh, agreed. So, so that's what I, we've been practicing. So yeah, I think there's like a, there's a many levels to this to to get them to, well, to get him to. But I'm just saying, show up. when you just asked that question of like, who are you? What is your plan in this scenario, that scenario, that scenario? We're all the way down to the granular. How do I call a buddy? How do I convey to somebody to come out? What all can I do to make the yes obvious? Yeah. Like, and, and so we're going through that. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can, say, I give you, can, can I give you this tool, though? Sure. This is a tool. So you know the author James Clear? Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Reading it right I, now. I, I, let's go. Well, one of the, he has a lot of gems there. One of the gems he says is, there's, there's two things that James Clear taught me in that in this point number one is the number one driver of behavior is identity Mm. how you see yourself so as a coach as a leader we need to to create a picture of that individual you're a hard worker you're a great teammate you're going to do amazing things with your life you you overcome you work hard and create that identity help shape that with them like who are you Help shape them. And this is what that type of person does. These are the behaviors of that person. Number two of habit and, and identity or just behaviors is the number the another other way to influence behavior is to be around other people where the desired behavior is normal. Mm. So you help them shape a self-image because people like, oh, I always forget names or I have a sweet tooth. Like you're just acting. I, I, I always work out. That's what we do in this. In the eighth grade squad and our little our little squad give your give your squad name give everybody a nickname you know this right. all this alter ego or some kind of like this is what we do we let's create some like our own creed that's our Correct. identity Correct. We, we don't step outside and then and then we and then we enforce those behaviors as a group so you, you normalize extra work you normalize hydration you normalize sleep you, you you normalize serving that's what we do man and we talk to these guys about building a tribe build your tribe you're going to have a new kid in, a new transfer. I got a kid that was playing basketball that we've known forever. Now he's playing football. Like, build your tribe. Mm. Uh, I had a quarterback uh, named Alex Hornibrook. He went from Wisconsin a couple years ago, and he grad transferred down to Florida State. Madison, Wisconsin to Tallahassee, Florida. Like, it's, it's just a different planet. So he gets down there and he's in the off season and I was like, how are we doing? How's it going? He goes, man, it's kind of self-segregated down here. I said, really? He goes, but it doesn't feel toxic. It just is. It just, whenever we go sit and eat or whenever we go on a bus or whatever it is. And he goes, I kind of just feel like these guys are more comfortable looking to their immediate left and right. And somebody that looks like them. He goes, there's no, you know, tension. He goes, they just do that. He goes, but for me to lead, I got to kind of find my way through here. He's like, how do I do that? So we start talking about it. So you're going to have to build that tribe, Alex. So let's do some non-football things. 
create a bowling night, mix the teams up, get uh, an offensive lineman, get the O-line, who I think at, at Florida State were mostly all white, and get your D-line, who were all black. There's no mostly to that. And shuffle them up. Let's start playing. So when Colin throws a strike, we're chest bumping and talking and rallying all these guys because we're bound by this effort. Getting to know each other. Talking. Yeah. Get those guys out for wings. And- I, I, I love that. It's, it's bigger than the game, man. Connection. I think, you know, Harvard research, number one source of happiness is human connection. So it's like connecting, building trust, knowing who you are. You don't have to be best friend. You should know your people, though. Right. And, and that spills over know your people. Yeah, no one. Right. You don't need to be best friends. No one. Like, okay, how many siblings? Where are you from? What high school did you go to? What are your aspirations? What are your goals? How can I help you? You don't have to be best friend. You should know them. So, let, and I want to just jump with this. Let me just tell you this quick one. And I know you have, you have to run here. Yeah, I, I sent a text. I'll be, yeah, I said three minutes, but we can wrap up in like two the, So, for, for Tanner and whoever else, I'm just going to go fast. 2019, we took 14 college quarterbacks and we did like a four day master class in the military on leadership. Yep. Two days on an aircraft carrier, we were back. Day three, SEALs. Day four, we were at the Marines. It was like all everything that you could imagine. At the SEAL base, we had 14 quarterbacks that go in there, and we're sitting in SOCOM, Special Operations Command Center. And there's all these master chiefs that are aligning the room. And it's cool, and it's still kind of tense because you can't really relax. It's like imagine having lions just laying around you. Now, none of them are on there. They're not, none of them are standing up, but they're still in the room. So you're like, all right, just don't make any sudden moves and focus on what they're asking. You to find. <laughs> it just felt like that. So they opened the door. The three master chiefs sit up front, and it looked like collectively they'd been in like 400 fist fights and probably lost two. Like they just looked that tough. No BS, no filters, nothing. So Cam Newton's little brother, Kalen Newton, who'd been at Howard, player of the year there. He immediately raises his hand. He says, I want to know what you guys do when you have a teammate who dogs it, cuts Mm. corners, half-asses it, doesn't want to be there, can't trust him. And he gets in one of those things like a pastor where he's revving himself up. And then his little uh, uh, congregation, the other quarterbacks are like, yeah. Yeah, and they kind of inadvertently start chipping in, and now it's it, he's like he's in a fever pitch, and he ends his little question slash statement by saying, "I'd rather go out in the field with ten guys and leave his ass on the sideline and go compete. Then I can at least count on the other nine. And he like he sits back, and so the Master Chiefs were sitting like this. They're not real formal. And the one in the middle, he leans forward. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say his name. He leans forward and he goes, how well do you know that man? And it froze everybody. Mm. He said, how often does that man hear your voice on a day-to-day? How often does he hear your voice outside of football activities? How many things is he battling with that are bigger than football? What's his mm. family structure? Wow. What things is he wrestling with? Wow. Does he hear you call across him, across campus? Do you run and get him? Do you know Everything. anything about him? Yeah. And it it melted the room because hmm. they expected to hear, oh, at the SEALs, we would never have that. That man, this thing, that thing. 
It was so thoughtful. Empathy, bro. It's all empathy. It's what it is. Cute. It was so thoughtful. Empathy. Hey, you team so money, thoughtful. you gotta show George your, your sweatshirt, man. Empire. <laughs> I got it over here. Hold on. Yeah. Well, George, that was a fun episode, man. Thank you. We can talk for a long time. I, I love man, I hope we get a chance to do this again yeah, round I, two. I love just rapping leadership, peak performance, dad stuff. We didn't even talk about you gave me some dad stuff. I didn't tell you any of my dad and, stuff. And and you gave me uh that children's book that I should run it in Kennedy's room and go get that children's book. We've already read it twice. Um, just so thoughtful. She can read the words. She can read the sight words and everything. I let her read. I carry the rest. But um, yeah, where's the swag? Oh, I just grabbed. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. He went and got it. We were. You were. We were just talking. You didn't even see it though. So he, he he popped it up on that hanger. Look at that. Oh 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 yeah 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 yeah. Get let it hold, let it hold. Hey, let's go. Clean. Empathy, Clean. superpower. Well, George, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you, man. Man at George Whitfield on Twitter at George Whitfield Jr. on Instagram, uh, or some football field someplace or some <laughs> playground someplace somewhere um, down in Dime City. Yeah, any of those spots. Any of those spots. Great being on with you guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Super fun. And Team Money, we end every show with this, G-Dub. The body has limits. But the mind is limitless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.